Hello, and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited, as I've often uh, been accused of being, of uh, having my guest in this morning, Mr. Will Trow. Good morning, Will. Morning. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing good. You? Oh, it's my pleasure. Really good, actually. It's uh, it's warm out. We've come through that minus 40 week or whatever, the hurt your face yeah. kind of week oh, when yeah. you walked outside. It's beautiful right now. It's amazing how plus uh, two and overcast can feel like a nice day after minus 35. <laughs> I remember four years ago, the year that we moved here, um, it was a very mild winter. And I said, oh my God, finally we've escaped, you know, like the, the, the harsh winters of Montreal. And the, yes. I remember being out in National on 17th and actually getting a sunburn in January. So you figured um, you moved to you moved to paradise, yeah. Really, yeah. Except the the three following winters really uh, showed the Calgary could be fairly <laughs> cold. We share the uh, we both grew up in Montreal, yeah. and it's still not a Montreal winter though. No. Like Montreal, it sets in, it stays, it's wet, it's icy. It's, it's nice to not get buried under six feet of snow. And... Absolutely. Do you? Uh, I don't miss freezing rain. That, no. That was. The, were you there for the ice storm? I was. Yeah, that was a whole. Uh, yeah, that was a whole different. People don't even know what that was. That they, was. Insane. They seem to get them every year. It, yes, I talk my my parents, my family. My mom escapes to Florida. I think we both are. Like, if you live in Quebec, you go to Florida. If you live in yep. Calgary, you go to Phoenix. That's just kind of how it goes. Exactly. But uh, yeah, my dad will call me like, "Oh, there's freezing rain today." I'm like, "Oh, those days you're driving and then you were in the ditch and you don't even know what happened." <laughs> it was no. so quick. Or getting the ice off the car in the morning. Uh, yes, with whatever you could get your hands on the scraper. Yep. You could get the scraper, but it was frozen inside the car, so you didn't have an <laughs> option to get after it. <laughs> the credit card or your fingertips. Um, well, you are one of the one of the co-owners, one of the co-founders of one of what is. I'll be I'll be give you a blatant plug. One of my favorite restaurants in Calgary right now. Thank it you. almost feels like when I moved from Montreal to here, I, there was a bit of a void in the restaurant scene, and only recently. But Var, Bar Vonderfels. So, how long have you been in business? Tell us a little bit about it. We'll get to what the name means and some of the challenges you've had around that, right. and we'll tell 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 people your story. Uh, so we're into our fourth year. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, I've sort of always, I never actually thought that I'd be in the restaurant business. I started off in health and fitness. Um, oh, interesting. We have a shared, that was, that was funny. That was my background yeah. when I moved, first moved to Calgary, worked as a trainer for a while. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, we can talk about how I ended up in the restaurant business later on. But um, yeah, I, you know, I had an opportunity to open up a restaurant um, in Montreal, which I thought was fairly saturated. And I, uh, you know, always sort of wanted to escape, get closer to the mountains and, um, I've been coming here since I was a kid. Um, oh, so, so you were very familiar and comfortable so I, with Calgary. Yeah. Um, I'd say mostly, I'd say I was comfortable maybe with Banff. You know how it is. Like okay. people land, yes. don't get to visit Calgary very much. Just and then, go right out. Yeah. And then um, uh, my wife's sister, my, her, so my sister-in-law moved here in 2009. And um, we started coming to visit. And we, you know, we liked the city. We enjoyed the city. And I'm like, like you're saying, uh, you know, I could see that the food scene was, you know, changing. Um, but it was still, you know, a lot of big restaurants, family-sized restaurants, steakhouses, and nothing fairly small, no wine bars, um, or whatever it was called a wine bar was still fairly huge, you know, could still be like 100 seats or, right. or whatnot. Very different than what you find kind of walking through Montreal, yeah. or just like literally you find a doorway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, so I'd made some friends uh, over here uh, over the years in some certain wine circles, and, um, you know, I remember talking to... Uh, this one guy, Thomas, who uh, was working at River Cafe, then f- later follow, uh, was working at Teatro and um, introduced me to the guys at Metrovino that are down here on 10th, is, yes. um, down from you. And, um, you know, I, rem- I remember chatting and, you know, saying, uh, you know, the city could use a wine bar. And, you know, I would come down, visit, and we would t- always talk about, you know, when are we opening a wine bar? When are we opening a wine yeah, bar? Yeah, it just it starts to become the dialogue. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I had a um, smoothie bar and uh, like a health food counter in um, 
fitness center in Montreal. Okay, okay. Where about? Yeah. Just because now, now I'm getting nostalgic a little bit. Whereabouts? It was uh, it was in a fitness center called uh, Fitness City um, that was also associated with a place called Monster Gym. And used, it was on I the, used to go to Monster Gym off sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. So <laughs> I was I was there yeah. for 11 years. Oh, right on. Yes, I, I yes I used to work there with one of my buddies back in the day before I moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started selling memberships there, and then took on took over the juice bar, and then they moved, and I basically had the food court and then that sort of turning turned into a little bit of a catering business as well and um one day sold it okay. and uh that would have been uh 2015 and uh you know i talked to my wife and said so do you do we take this as a sign that it's time to move and got on the phone with thomas and said uh hey if i come down uh, you want to do this thing or you know, and he says, well, give me six months. And it was going to take six months anyway to finalize the sale of the, the other business. And, right. uh, you know, at that time we had a house. So, like, you know, where we're going to sell it and rent it. So, finally, we actually do get out here in December 2015. And um, first thing I did is meet up with Thomas. And he said, uh, by the way, like, I already have a, a space that I want you to check out. It was nice and quaint, 1,200 square feet okay. over in the Western Block, you know, corner of 1st Street and 10th. And uh, went to check it out. January, we had our lease. and uh, Oh, right on. So it kind of fell together pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, but you, but you, got, you cut your teeth from an experience perspective in the, serv- in the food service business. Who kind yeah. of got an idea or learned that? Yeah. yeah I, was always, I was always in the service business and I was, you know, I was in food. I, I had not ventured into, you know, wine or okay. any sort of, you know, booze or cocktails or anything like that. Um, but I've always worked for myself. I've always, always been an entrepreneur and I've, um, you know, I've been my own boss since I was 23. Um, what background school? Uh, did you like do anything in the hospitality did high school, do something after that or did actually, you move right into doing your own thing? You're going to laugh because I actually took golf management in, uh, okay. in at Georgian <laughs> college in, in Barrie, Ontario. Um, cause I grew up around golf courses and you know, it's sort of, I t- I thought that that's what I was going to end up in. Um, interesting and you know twisted road we all go down isn't it right yeah so I've had about like three different you know career paths you know thinking I was going to get into golf and you know realizing that in Canada it's very seasonal and you know you end up you know being unemployed for half the year year, unless you go you know work in the states Uh, so after um, a couple years of golf management I actually went back to Quebec went back to Montreal and I applied to go to university there so I took I went to business school I took um I took marketing and small business management. Okay, gra- so, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I graduated from uh, the University of Montreal's business school, HSC. And um, from there, um, basically I actually finished my bachelor's degree part-time because I was already, uh, I'd already sort of landed in that um, smoothie bar business, which I had not expected to, to do. I was just basically working part-time at the gym and, you know, when the space became available, I asked if they wanted me to manage it. And they said, you know, actually, we don't want you to manage it. We'd rather you just take it over. Yeah, we want this off. This is, yeah. not, this is not our core thing. They, we want exactly. To yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd rather S- you just rent smart, the space. Smart on their part. Yeah. <laughs> Too many gym owners try to be all things and they fail miserably. Exactly. So, uh, so I took it over and it worked out and I did that for many years. Uh, from 2007 to uh, uh, basically till they, till they moved the the gym in 2011 and from 2011 to 2015 I was operating at the, at the larger location which has 80,000 square feet and had over oh, 6,000 members so that's a proper we were busy yeah that's a high volume 80,000 yeah. square feet for a gym that's a big gym yeah um, so. I do appreciate though how things kind of fall together you know like you said that wasn't my path but yet I was here I saw the opportunity yeah. but you acted you did it mm-hmm. yeah and it, and, and it worked and 
um, you know, I suddenly ended up in a role where I had a, you know, I was still going to school. I had a bunch of people working for me and it was learning as you go. There's learning about the thing and then there's just doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then also when we moved and built the new location, which was like, you know, 30 seat, basically food court and, um, you know, the processes and everything that goes along with building. Yeah, so moving away from more space. just the, the walk-up juice bar environment, you guys had like a seat. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I guess. because we previously didn't have a kitchen. Right. Um, and then suddenly we had a kitchen. And Change, changes the whole dynamic. Changes completely. And then, you know, I end up actually being in the kitchen and I'm cooking and I'm, you know, doing all this stuff for the first time and, you know, trying to get advice from wherever I can. and Learn where you beg, borrow, and steal information. Yeah, and then, um, you know, as, as I got older, later 20s and into my... Uh, early thirties and you know, you want nicer things and finer things. And I started to enjoy wine and going out and all this stuff. And I started dreaming that I would have a restaurant. Amazing. When you get a little bit of money, all of a sudden wine starts to sneak in there, doesn't it's it? It's funny, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Started um, hanging out with different people and all of a sudden wine and scotch started showing up. And yeah, I, I remember that transition as well. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely went through that transition and, um, it just seemed like, you know, if one day I'd have a restaurant or never wanted anything too big, but, Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of just pictured, you know, like we were talking about, like this, the, the restaurants in Montreal, like 30, 40 seats. And, um, you know, see myself just serving and just telling my story and to customers. And well, It's a much more intimate approach versus I want to get, you know, in Calgary, you see definitely like family style, multiple locations, growth. It's, it's, a, lot of it's a bit of a different. A lot of restaurant groups. Um, yes. Okay. Very few, I find, um, uh, owner, op- owner operator. Yeah. Um, not too many of those. You know, people are always shocked that they're being served by the owner when they come to the restaurant. Once you go to Quebec City, you go to Montreal, that happens on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, um, that's interesting uh, to look at those two different versions. You know, I mean, there's... what the output is different. Not good or bad, but different. There's always going to be mom and pop shops, um, but I find that in Calgary, it just seems like it's I'm less frequent. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, clearly, you saw the opportunity here. Yeah. And you saw that there was a gap in the market. Yeah, I mean, everyone. Classic is, entrepreneur. I see the need. I'm passionate about it. I feel the need. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know. I had done all my research as far as like you know what was going on in Calgary at the time. Right. Um, I think that I had uh, actually very little idea of what was going on. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. No, I mean, it's, there's it, armchair, you know, research party of one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everyone I think had told me what was going on with like you know the, the markets and everything like that, but. I, I guess I didn't know that, you know, uh, maybe the towers were half vacant and um, that there was just, you know, not... Oh, so, so when you kind of engaged in that, you had your own view of Calgary, but not necessarily, in hindsight, was aware of the whole picture. No, I had no idea. You know, people told me, like, why would you, co- why would you go out there, right, you know, during the worst time? And you know, you're like, possible. I don't know, I'm out there, it seems positive, everyone seems good. In my mind, it was just like, you know, it was going to work because it was different. It was small. Um, you know, I wasn't trying to fill a hundred seat restaurant. Right. And uh, how many seats in your restaurant? Twenty four. <laughs> That's intimate. I've well, I've go, I've been there a couple times now, and it's on my radar. And it very much like once you're in there, you're you know, not. Always, you're you know, you're kind of not in Calgary anymore. We, we squeeze like we else. squeeze a couple you know few few more in, and you can stand also if you, if you want. But you know, we'll, there'll never be more than there'll always be less than thirty people in there. Okay. So. So yeah, different different profile and a little bit like lower overhead. You're there yourself. You're doing you're do, you're doing yeah, the work. Yeah, you know, small team, couple guys in the kitchen. Yeah, Thomas and I up front for a while for the first year. That we, I mean, we we basically had no servers. It was just us two. Um, anyway. Yeah, compared to working, I've put myself through school working behind a working in a bar serving tables. One waiter could like normally in a restaurant. That's your section. Yeah, like yeah, one person would get that and you'd hustle and you'd hope it was busy. You'd make good money and you'd go home and that would be the night. Yeah, exactly. 
So is it you and a couple partners? How, like you said, you had your one, the one gentleman uh, just, that you were... It's just myself and, and Thomas. Okay, so two, the two of you. Two of us, yeah. And you guys were, you can, from the from the beginning, it was the two of you, and you guys yep. are still active in the business. Mm. Yeah. And is it is it just always curious, the business side of it, are both of you, is it pretty even? Like, are you guys 50-50? Are you both there? It's his night, it's your night. Like, how does it work? I'm always curious that side of it. Um, I mean, we try to split it up evenly. Um, you know, I'm, I might be a little bit... Uh, I'm, I might be there a few less evenings, I find, um, the past few months. I have a daughter. try to be home a little bit more. Yes. Um, the restaurant industry can be brutal on social schedules and, you know, yeah. holidays you're working when other people are off. And that was the one challenge I always, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, what are you doing? Well, I'm working. Obviously. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was never home Friday night, Saturday night. Um, and then we took on a pop-up on Sundays. Um, just to make sure you were busy enough. Just to make sure I was busy enough. You know, to, again, you got to maximize the use of the space. And, yeah. Um, so, so what do you do? With, so what do you mean pop up? Um, so I, when I moved to Calgary, I met um, formerly the bar manager at Proof, uh, Tony Miguelarese. Okay. Who uh, went on to open up uh, Tavernetta and on Edmonton Trail, and is now uh, managing um, Living Room on Seventeenth. Okay. And him and. Um, one of his friends, his uh, partner, Mike Garth, uh, from Village Brewery, uh, they were they started doing like this pizza pop up, like kind of Brooklyn, New York style pizza. Oh, okay. Uh, they would do it at Pin Bar. They would do it at uh, Diner Deluxe. Uh, they would carry around this their their wood oven in the back of Mike's truck, and um, you know, and then serve up meatballs, Caesar salad, and and a few pies. And I loved it. And I was I just kept thinking, I'm like, you know, um, my grandfather's Italian, and I just sort of always wanted like. A little bit of that Italian vibe yep. going on somewhere, like you know whether or not I wanted to have my own Italian restaurant or not. Um, I said, you know, we've we've tried to do things on Sundays with Vonderfels. We tried to be open for in the evenings. It didn't seem to work out. It was always like you know super quiet. You know, just didn't feel like that we should be open at all. And yep. we tried to do brunch, which was a horrible idea. Um, <laughs> I appreciate all the trials and trials and errors. <laughs> we tried, we tried, um, and so I just I I approached Tony and I said, uh, listen, like what. Uh, what would it take to get you guys in there, like, you know, every Sunday? And um, so we started doing it September 15th, and we've had over, you know, I think we said on Sunday that we'd, we'd done, like, 16 or 17 of them. Okay. So far. And it's one of our busiest nights of the week. All right, on. Just found the right formula. Yeah. So much about the restaurant industry is just finding the right the right thing. I don't want to say gimmick, but the right thing that works for the right time. Yeah. You know, checkered tablecloths and, you know, uh, you know, Dean Martin and, you know, Something about oh, I gotta come check pizza. it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, awesome. It, it it sort of turns into like a. You ever been to Bongiorno on Seventeenth? Yep. Yeah. You know, sort of like old yeah, school. Absolutely. Italian, that's, yes, you know, that's what I was pitching. Yeah. Hey, hey there's it, lots of yelling exactly. and hand and hand yeah, waving exactly. and absolutely. That's, it's the same thing, but with with, with pizza. Or is that Montreal? That's just a family dinner somewhere on, exactly. on a Sunday night. Yeah, no, I yeah. love that actually. So again, it was the checkered. Just, you you caught me with, as soon as you said the checkered tablecloth. The the image came together in my mind. Yeah, so, you know, and then it, it goes completely opposite of what Vonderfels does where, you know, like, you know, wine is our focus and we got lots of stuff open. You can try a million, you know, not well, a million, I'm exaggerating, but um, there's there's lots of wine open and you can try them. Um, and then on Sundays, it's like, you know, house red, house white. Yes. You know. Just, just serve it in the old school one liter glass and put it on the table like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. exactly. Um, Absolutely. We just want it to be you know, unpretentious and... Just, and it works. People are coming. And it in. works. And who, and so, just curious from a clientele perspective, do people come in? Like Calgary definitely has a. If I live in the suburbs, I leave at the end of the day on Friday, and I come back Monday morning. But I know there's a lot more condos. A lot more people are starting to live a little bit more Beltline. Like, who's your clientele? 
Um, you know, like when we first started, there was a lot less density of population downtown. I, I can't believe how many towers have gone up like since, yes. since we've opened. Again, this is like our, our fourth year. Um, and you're, I notice now that it's people that are on foot that don't own cars. You know, Calgary's... Uh, it's you know pickup city. It's people drive yes. to get I, yes. to get anywhere. It's car centric for it's, sure. Yeah, it's car centric, and um, I'm noticing now that you know our clientele is on foot. They do live around the neighborhood. Um, so that changes the dynamic, obviously, when people are within that five to ten minute walking radius. Yeah, exactly. On during the week, uh, you can definitely notice that people are finishing work and they walk. Um, they walk over, and they may actually be you know going heading home to the suburbs afterwards. But you know you get that crowd that definitely lives in the condos. However, on Saturdays, um, we get a lot of phone calls asking us, like, where can they park? Yes. You know, you can tell that that's not always the, the downtown. There is a downtown crowd, and we, we are noticing that there's more. Um, but you definitely notice on, on the weekends that it's the people that are driving in from Desti- outside Destination, of the special event. Well, you yeah. know, chat a little bit offline. You've had some a lot of recent uh, accolades, some buzz created through the media, which I know kind of attracts a lot of trial, yeah. tri- trial dining experiences. Yeah, I, we. I mean, you know, there's no bad press, and uh, and we're very lucky. And I'm not going to start complaining about all all the things that have been written up about us in the last earned, few months. Earned media is worth its weight in gold, so definitely no complaints. Yeah. So, someone will want to hit you next time they see you if you complain about it. Exactly. They're, they're dying for some of that press. Um, but you definitely notice that like you know people's expectations change and you know they you know once they read that oh it's the best restaurant in the city or so and so the pressure's on. The pressure's on, you know, because then, you know, if you do anything, you know, that you know, God forbid that it's you not know, it's 11 not out of 10. 11 out of 10. Well, then they're going to, you know, you'll read about it and you'll write reviews. And, um, and it, it's become, definitely become more of like a date night destination spot. Um, you know, I noticed like looking at my reservation notes, um, the more press you get, the more accolades you get, the more I see, you know, anniversary, birthday, um, special night. Can we get a quiet table? I always laugh when people ask for booths or quiet tables. I'm like, have you, have you seen our space? You know? <laughs> It, it's we're all sitting together. We're all sitting together. Exactly. You're rubbing. You're you're pretty much rubbing elbows with the guy next to you. So I mean, I uh, and I don't think that that's going to ruin anybody's experience. But yes. Um, but have a clear set of expectations. Exactly. You know, you come in and you ask for and you, you want the quiet corner. There is no quiet corner. Yes. <laughs> I sat in the quiet corner, which is like basically you have a bird's eye view of the kitchen. So it's yeah, obviously, exactly. obviously the chef's table, the as, chef's as you and the I chef's talked table. about. Exactly. Because yeah. it's a pretty tiny, intimate spot, which I think is what gives its character. I like that because it also draws me back to some like some of my favorite places. I like to go in Toronto, but Montreal, you take it for granted until you move away and you're like oh it's not like this everywhere no. I, di- I didn't know that <laughs> and I've, and people always tell us too that they're like oh this reminds us of toronto this reminds us of new york this reminds us of montreal and that's kind of what we wanted um and i think what's nice and why people say that is because you get a space that small it doesn't take much to create an atmosphere and yes. create a vibe a little bit of noise you yeah, know yes yeah, this it's one one high energy table influences the whole space yeah. or you know versus yeah. a huge restaurant which has a, a huge has a different buzz <laughs> exactly um I know it's 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 very is reminiscent. Did you guys have to do what? What was it before? Did you guys have to do a lot of? Did you guys make it into the space it is, or how, was it? A oh, restaurant it was before? it was it was an empty shell. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So you've built that out to you've you curated the whole thing. Yeah, there was uh, an antique shop in there actually. I couldn't remember. It's one of those doors you walk by often and not even realize what's going on behind there. Um, yeah. Oh my God, the amount of people that walk by and don't notice us. I mean, our our sign is the size of a frisbee, and yes. Um, and before that, there was I guess a. Architect's office. Okay. Um, so, you know, not necessarily, like, you know, not 
spaces that draw a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not um, associating like, oh, what's in that new space? Because there's been five restaurants in there before, and I'm curious. Yeah. You don't even think about that. No. You know, it was basically like there was an office, and then there was an antique shop. And if you don't care about either, well, then you'd never even notice that. It we, was just a nondescript door. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then, you know, we come in, and again, you know, if people walk by, and they still walk by. It's crazy. Like, you know, I get people coming in all the time, even after three years, saying, um, how long have you guys been here? You guys just opened? I walk by this, like I walk by this building all the time. Like I walk, I walk, I work down the street, and I never notice. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, we have blinders on. We go through our world just like you know what I mean. You get yeah. you get blindness on everything around you. But yeah, I, I we almost need like a flashing neon sign. Or I think that would be off brand though. <laughs> it would be off brand. You <laughs> even know, just it, for a while, just to see what it does. I'm used to restaurants that don't even have signs. In Montreal, that's like you know you 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 know where you're going. Yes. Someone told you that it was you know like a decent restaurant, and you know you. You go and find it. Um, and out here, you know, people come, like they, they go and they come in, they, they say, oh, you should put a bigger sign out. Well, you're missing the whole. You're, exactly. Yeah, yes. And then I, I always tell them like, well, you found us. So, you know, you just. Trust me, the second time you come, it's super easy. You yeah, know exactly. Exa- you know exactly, exactly where we are. Exactly. So t- what's, tell me about the name. What's the story? Bar Vonderfels doesn't, it rolls off the tongue after you say it maybe 15 or 20 times. 15 or 20 times, yeah. And you've read it and you've, ri- you've written it down. And <laughs> Someone said it to you and you're yeah. like, am I even saying it right? Um, what's the story behind that? Well, we actually had a lot of trouble uh, finding a name for the restaurant. And I got him, like, now I'm having trouble even remembering what those other options were. Well, because they didn't matter, obviously. Because they didn't matter. <laughs> or they were just had already been used. And I, I remember actually, I thought I had a great, a bunch of great ideas and I, I'm like, Oh crap. There's already 10 restaurants called that in New York. 15 minutes on Google and in your, in your dreams are squashed. Yeah. Naming is like the, as a marketing company, it's one of the most challenging things we do because if you think you're being original, someone was already someone original was, before yeah, you. Exactly. Um, so we were actually a uh, bottle of wine that we like enjoyed drinking was this Riesling from a producer called Keller. Um, German Riesling. It was, it was labeled uh, Vonderfels and we weren't sure if it was someone's name or, an area or something like that. We looked it up and Vonderfels meant like from the rock, from, from the earth. Um, it kind of resonated with, um, with me, uh, and the, and the, in the wine circles, there's a, the expression terroir, um, that people use to say that, you know, wine tastes like where it's from. Uh, this wine has, you know, you can taste the terroir. Um, and it would sort of translate to Vonderfels in German. Okay. So, you know, okay. At Vonderfels, we try to serve food and wine with a sense of place that tastes like where it's from. It's locally sourced, um, you know, no mass-produced wines and and food that's you know sourced here in Alberta as much as possible, or you know. Um, and unfortunately, the name is just uh, very hard to remember. <laughs> but like a lot of brands or a lot of naming, once you take the time and effort to teach it to your customers, exactly. it sticks. And it and it is unique and yeah. it, and it and it is and it is and, different. I, and the difference you know now is that people have read it they've you know they've picked up you know Avenue Magazine or Wear Magazine you're getting it from multiple different points so yeah they've read it they've seen it whereas before it's kind of like you know word of mouth and then it was just impossible you know the, someone would say oh, I was at this place last night bar Vond or something and you know <laughs> luckily they don't Cal- even remember where they luckily ate. in Calgary that's a, everyone knows that corner you're like oh you know you go in tent bottle screw bills across yeah, you just kind of go exactly. corner if you hit Koi you go too far just come back and you hit it it became that wine bar on first street across from bottle screw bills yes <laughs> and that's how I've explained it because I'll say the name and they'll, they'll kind of yeah, glaze over a little bit or like you know where all those shisha bars are like that's, that's it's not the shisha bar it's the one it's beside, the one beside yes, it totally yeah, exactly and Koi's an interesting one Koi's your neighbor and they've been there for I don't know like 15 years 20 years that's one a the, great one, yeah, that's one, another hidden gem I think one of the few places that's you know um 
been there for a long, long time. Again, it's hard enough to stick around in the restaurant business for it is double digits. So yeah, are you, so three and a half years. You guys, you know, it, it's it's landing. You're getting some of that buzz. So it, it took all this time. Or when did you start to say? Like, was there ever a moment where you're like, what did I do? This is, or did it catch on? Like how, what, what was that journey like? Did you ever have those moments where you had to look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay, well, yeah. what, 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 are, we, what? what are we like, going to do next? Yeah, the first couple of years were tough, you know, to be honest. Like, I think you're, you're trying to get the name out. Uh, there's, there's very little press. Um, we were, we were fortunate, for, fortunate enough to uh, get some really good talent, good chefs, and, um, and get noticed by En Route, by Air Canada. Okay, so that um, was one of your first kind of breaks, if you will, in terms of like earned yeah, media. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> we were nominated as uh, one of the top ten uh, best new restaurants in the country. We ended up being third, um, and we were on all the Air Canada flights for an entire year. You know, a little short video and. Uh, oh, right on! I never saw one of those. Okay, right on. Yeah, because when you're on there, you got a ca- you got a captive audience. Yeah, um, if you go to the on, I think the on route website still has like past winners and stuff like that, and the videos okay. are still up. Um, and someone actually told me recently that they were on a flight and you can still look up like the past winners and that they had, our video was still on there. Oh, that's great exposure. So, yeah. So that's where that's, I'd say that's where it started. Um, and I would assume like a lot of those things, once you start getting noticed by this award group or this note of like other people are, because they all look at each other and see and all the see groups, look at all, all the groups, look at all the groups on yes. route, on route sort of puts you on, on the map, um, after that, there was uh, well, their American Express does their top hundred list. Yep. So after being on the best new, then we ended up on the top hundred. I think we were thirty seventh or something the the following year, um, and we're we're back on it last year and hoping this spring. Hoping. Yes, you know, it'll, it'll, it's it's a, yeah, it's part of that. Hoping it's on the radar, but uh, yeah, I mean those things help. It's it's funny, it, those lists. They don't really draw anybody from uh, that live in Calgary because right. you know it's people from out of town that actually you know you're when the travelers that see those and they end up in hotel rooms and looking for a place to go. Hey, yeah. where, where do we go? Yeah, but it helps because we're next to the Fairmont. We're next yes. to Le, we're next to Leisure May. We're next to Hotel Arts. Best restaurants near me. We've all t- we've all typed that search query yeah, before exactly. to our Google. So I mean, we always have a bunch of different area codes in our in our in our books every night, and people are coming in from out of town, and it's amazing how some nights. Most people are from out of town. Interesting. Well, um, with that kind of, it makes sense. Like, you know, where's your audience going to come from? It's where you're creating awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, and I th- I'd say generally, you know, people, let's say that are traveling to the mountains that are here on ski trips, you know, they, they won't do an extra night in Calgary to dine out. Um, right. And I'm, I'm noticing that there are more and more. Um, you know, we were on vacation, you know, and we decided to, you know, we want to come and check you guys out. So Interesting, because because you got on their radar through one of those one yeah. of those opportunities. Yeah, that's uh, good to hear. Just the diversity and being able to balance out because the economy is challenged here. But when you're getting that secondary customer group, that's huge benefit for you guys. I find Calgary finally has a draw, um, and not just through restaurants, but you know, with the new library and um, Bell Studios. And there's we're, we're getting a little cooler. I'm just going to call it slowly. That. It's like, slowly. It's absolutely. Not a, it's, it's too much real. It's going to be it snobby about things sometimes. Yeah, as you we know, can. it's not the cultural epicenter, right? Like, no, you know, it's, you, it's different. Absolutely. You don't you don't say like, oh, let's spend our day visiting museums and the cultural sites. But, but the library, things like the library, make it like that's an amazing facility. If you yeah. haven't been, go. Just walk around. It yeah. kind of blows you away. You don't think you're. In we're Calgary. going. We're going. We're going beyond just having like you know nice parks. Yes, and the doorway to the mountains. Yeah, exactly. know, People do come from all over the world for what we have 45 minutes away. We're incredibly lucky. Exactly. So when I think of Bar Vanderfeld, do I think, 
do I think of you guys as, you know, you're a wine bar, but your food is amazing. So do you guys look at that as part and parcel? Like, you know what? I, great, to me, wine gets better with good food in my world. It's, it's funny. I remember thinking like, you know, we're a wine bar, but now we're a restaurant. And the food initially was not the focus. Okay. Um, we want to have good food. We always wanted to have good food. But I remember like, you know, at one point we took no reservations and it was really just a place to, to come and have a good glass of wine. Um, we also, it was like a culture shock for me when I first came to Calgary because it was a place where you would order a glass of wine off a list and you wouldn't get to see the bottle or try the wine. It would just, you know, someone would just come with a glass of wine on a tray and drop it in front of you and here's your wine. And that was the end of the experience. That was the end of the experience. I was used to basically, um, you know, being offered a couple options and a little splash here and there and, and, you know, deciding from there, like what I want to drink. And we wanted to offer people that. And that was very new. And there was a lot of education. Like we had to basically, you know, get people out of their comfort zones and here, try this, try that. And, you know, no, we don't have any Pinot Noir open. And, you know, um, everybody's coming in asking for Pinot Grigio and Malbec. And we decided that we don't want to offer those because if we did, then people wouldn't drink anything else. So at, at one point, just as a joke, we wrote no Malbec on the door with a pen. And uh, <laughs> people thought it was really funny. We actually ended up making a permanent fixture. We just actually, you know, printed off like no Malbec. Uh, and people still come in. They're like, "What's your like? What's your issue with Malbec?" We're like, "Well, the only issue is that everybody wants to. It's like the safe play. Yes, it's like the new Cab Sauvignon. And if if we had Malbec, people wouldn't drink anything else. So now we try to have you know maybe things that are the similar structurally or you know and that people wouldn't normally order. And we say, "Here, try this." And people are like, "Oh, I would never order this, but I you know I I enjoyed it." Um, so. That is still part of the experience. I like that philosophy. It's interesting. I was having a conversation yesterday with some executives, and we were talking about the difference between customer-centric and customer service. Customer service is giving them what they want. Customer-centric is already knowing what they need, what they, they're going to want. Yeah. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, and I love that. You put a little bit of Montreal on that. No, no, we're not serving you that, but I want no. it. I don't care. No, exactly. No, no. no. I, I, I resonate with that. <laughs> you could, you know, you can try to make everybody happy, and you're not, so from there, you have to basically... You know, offer something else. Our, we're offering an experience and an education and offering, you know, people that don't... I love that. That are, you know, intimidated by wine often at often times. Um, I, you know, people are always telling me, they're like, oh, no, don't waste your time on me. I don't know anything about wine. I'm like, well, you'll tell me if you don't, if you like it or not. Let's start there. A friend you of know? mine, somebody from Montreal, is like, hey, you want to learn about wine? Drink lots. Yeah, Just try it. Exactly. Try, try, try. Taste, taste, taste. That's... Yeah, I tell people, don't get intimidated. Here, try this one. You like it? No? Okay, try this one. Do you like it? Yeah. Great. Well, then, you know, and here's what you're drinking. Yep. And, um, or we'll like, you know, we'll tell people, like, what do you want to eat? And from there, we'll suggest something to drink. And, you know, you'll always get people that, like, you know, they order the seafood and then they still want a glass of red wine. And that's, that's fine too. There's sometimes a more appropriate glass of red wine to go with your fish or whatnot. Those are the conversations I love where I'm like, I'm ordering this and I know typically I should drink this, yeah. but I don't. What do you recommend? And exactly. I, that's, I love those experiences and you put your trust and, you yeah. know, I've been a few restaurants recently where I'm like, well, can I try it? And they kind of, they still look at you weird. Like, what do you mean you want to try the wine? Do you want a glass or don't you? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to have that glass or not. I know. It's too, it's too bad. It's, because... It is shifting. It's starting to get better, but sometimes you get that weird look. I'm like, this isn't a weird well, I've noticed, I've noticed more restaurants doing it. Um, yeah. and even places that I feel like got a little bit influenced by what we were doing. Um, you know, just talking to people that I know in the industry and how they approach it now and um, how we did it and now more people are doing it. And I think Cursing it, you guys a bit for educating the consumer a different way. <laughs> yeah, and, but you know, it, I like you know that. people travel. Like, 
you know, even yeah. Calgarians travel too. Like they go and you know they go to Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. They come back and they say, "How come? Like, how come we can't get that here?" You can't. And you know, it's not. It's it, there's no real barrier. It's no. just a way of doing it. Exactly. So I think people now want that experience more and more, and so we're offering it. And other and other places are offering it too. Yeah, you're seeing it more, but you're right. When you travel, it's kind of part. It, it's just the way it is often. Yeah. And um, are you a sommelier? I am. Yeah. So I I had done. I assume that was underneath there, or yeah. That was one of the last things I did before before we moved um, to Alberta, and I just I I did it, not knowing if I was gonna pursue anything in the wine business, and then it sort of worked out. Because the wine is what was your original inspiration, or when I hear wine yeah. bar, I guess that's what I think. Yeah. But you also got you got a lot of your you cut your teeth serving food, different style of food, but still understanding the dynamics of the food business. Well, what ended up happening is um, we weren't taking reservations. We were offering all this wine and the food looked was more of like a snack factor okay um people were coming in not dining and also saying uh we're actually we actually have reservations somewhere else and i remember especially in that first year like just kind of like looking at all, all the food that we were wasting nobody was eating they come in take a glass of wine and then you know walk to where they were gonna have dinner um so we tried to change that around um, we got an open table at first and uh, now we're with the resi platform and that immediately like changed things. Uh, I look at my parents' generation that don't even go out unless they have a reservation because they don't want to get somewhere and be told that, you know, no, we have no room or whatnot. Um, so then we started getting diners and the more diners that we got, well, the, the more, uh, the food became a focus and, uh, having good food became important. And then, well, then you also gave you the bandwidth to invest in that and actually yeah. put a menu together. So when did you, so the menu you have now, how often do you change your menu? Um, Asking so you five questions at once. Doug, um, so Douglas King has been our chef de cuisine now for uh, close to a year and a half. Okay. Um, he was previously at Pigeonhole. And before that, he was at Kizatanto in Vancouver. And Doug is a great chef. And uh, he, Basically, we'll revamp the menu, maybe you know, A to Z, twice, three times a year. But every week, I would say there's always like one to two new dishes. So without you know switching everything over, yep. um, there'll always be something coming off. You got to keep those potatoes for a while. They, they, well, they, they do blow my mind. Yeah, now that they've been sort of like you know on the cover of everything, and you know, that we <laughs> tried to take them off at one point, and then everybody complained, so we put. There them was back a on. revolt. There was picketing outside. That, yeah, yeah bring back the potatoes. Yeah, I believe almost. it. Almost. Um, so they are to die for. Thank you. And I, I also yeah. think so. <laughs> it's insane. So um, go, please go just for that. Yeah, and it, while you're there, try, that'll be, try that'll, to enjoy other things. That'll be the dish that stays on and while everything else changes. Yes. So. I rest on, do, you, uh, do you remember Remot Village? I don't. It's out in Hudson. It's a bar. They've been there forever, right off the, right off the 40. So I, I, know, I, knew, I know of it now that yes. you mention it, but I've never been. They had like the French onion soup and the garlic bread. And once they tried to change the French onion soup recipe and literally like, because Hudson's a pretty intimate kind of yeah, it's town. Tiny. People lost their mind. I go back there now. I haven't worked there for 20 plus years. They still have the same menu. They learned their lesson. They do not, they haven't changed anything literally because it, it's kind of that point where restaurants jump to the other side where you now have to say the same because you've got the clientele. And anyways, it was an interesting place. I put myself through school basically working there, bartending and nice. the waiting tables. And yeah, it's a it's an oh, interesting environment. It, no. But that French onion people would come from like they'd come from every Ottawa. They'd drive down. Well, we're just driving down for French onion soup. <laughs> Heaven forbid you change that recipe. Well, it's like Teatro. They've had the seafood lasagna on their menu for over twenty years, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> everything else has changed. But as long as we're okay, it keeps yep. up. But those potatoes might be your might be your. Uh, 
<laughs> your holy grail. They definitely, uh, you know what, you know, sometimes you just get something that gets reposted and reposted that gets, you know, a lot of, you know, social media um, coverage. And it was that dish. You know, well, because it's that good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna like I'm everyone, gonna sing your praises to the to the end here. Everyone was posting it, and suddenly you get the foodies coming in, like you know, like we we came in just to try this, and um. But otherwise, your chefs have a lot of flexibility. Oh yeah. To, so obviously, coming to your environment as a chef, I can really explore a little bit of my creativity in the kitchen. Absolutely. That to me feels like a huge factor. We don't really actually give direction. It's just like to. You know, this is your area. You're an this expert. This your area. Team. You know. You know. You know what we're serving to drink, and you know, just it just make sure it goes well together. So, do you guys keep because you're you're not mass mass produced wine, so you're constantly on the search and bringing in new wines that you have for a while. You know, I might come and enjoy wine there today, and then three months from now, it's just not going to be there. That's that's yeah. kind of be the experience. Nothing nothing made in like huge volume, and and I think it's. It's part of the charm to have, you know, bring in a case or two of something or even less and and go through it and then replace it with something else. Back to that experience. Yeah. You know, but it's also like the dishes, right? People come in for a wine. They're like, oh, I had this wine last time. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sad you don't have it anymore. Well, here, try this new one. You know, maybe you'll like it more. Right. Or, well, because of your model of going, hey, no problem. I hear you. That was great. Let me get you something that might exactly. be similar, but it's a little bit different. And yeah. if I come in for the experience, the wine I end up drinking becomes almost secondary. And exactly. I, I, that's, I love that. Yeah. Because give me, the, take me on an adventure. You're an expert. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the illusion of expert. Yeah, the illusion. Yeah, of, yeah. The illusion. <laughs> the illusion of expert. Yeah, exactly. You're the guy standing there with the three different bottles in your head telling me the story. So I'm going to give you the expert I like, status. Yeah, I like to think of myself an expert, you know, but. So, what's 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 the future? Continue to roll with it. You're getting some great success. Clearly, things are getting noticed. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I I mean, I, I'm looking at January, and we just had one of our. I, I'd say our business busiest January yet. Um, Which typically in the restaurant business, if anybody doesn't know, like that is not a good time in the restaurant industry in Calgary. Usually no, it dies. No, we even we always close the first week of January after the holidays. I know. I tried to get a reservation. And you guys were you guys were closer for you, which I appreciated actually. Yeah, um, we yeah, just waited and went the next week. So give everybody a break, and you know after that we don't generally brace ourselves for for much business. You know, you usually come back and it's kind of slow, and then you're like, okay, I can't wait for spring to be come around. Yeah, those uh, first we, couple sunny days, and people get back out on the street. Yeah, but we got slammed. I mean, we. Um, we came back. I mean, it was like 40 below out, and we were full every night. Oh, really? That's even that super cold week when everybody was kind of hibernating. I couldn't believe it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it must be a fun. It, like again, we've as business owners and different people listening, like to see it actually come together. I think. Do you ever have those moments where you look around and go, "Son of a bitch! I did. Wow, this is actually working." Oh my god! Yeah, you're like finally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> it looks like an over. It looks like an overnight success if you're just running into you for the first time. But you're like, I've been I've been working at this overnight success for four years. Exactly. Plus plus plus. Exactly. So I think now what's nice is to be able to like you know you you know you're going to be busy, um, and. Let's see where that takes us. To be honest, uh, you know, the the goal was just to get to where we're at now. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's just try to be full, um, fill up this restaurant every night, and uh, make people happy, put out good food, and um, and then we'll see. So let's see if we can keep going, ride this wave. Yes, you know, there's a peak and a valley. If you can maintain the momentum, because exactly. Because I know the restaurant business is challenging. Like restaurants have to reinvent themselves. Like it is a, it's not an easy business. No, it's not. I mean, just that on top of the fact that everything breaks. Um, you know, I was there last night. One one fridge is on. Uh, you know, stopped working. We got we had started having. You know, we had a leak in the basement. It. You know. <laughs> 
It's so it's not all glamour is what you're it's telling me. It's not all glamour. You're not just signing, giving autographs and, do, and doing spots on, on Revue oh, Magazine. <laughs> I wish. No, it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's actually a constant battle with, uh, you know, dishwashers that don't work and, you know, and everything else and fridges that are over. That's, that's the machine, not the individuals, right? Yeah, exactly. The dishes are always an interesting role, again, working in the restaurant world. Where, the, where, in, where I worked, the kitchen was behind the door, so I don't want to talk about what went on behind there. No. Where you guys, literally, if you sit in that table in the corner, you have a bird's eye view of what is probably a quarter size of most people's countertops at home is where you guys create all that magic. Yeah, and, it, and the team's tiny, so you can imagine if somebody doesn't show up for work. You know, that's uh, one. You just lost 30% of your you workforce. You just lost 30% of your workforce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and do you have the same? Do you have a, because I know there was some servers there when I, when I, when I was there. I w- you seem like the type of restaurant that, like, you know, growing up in Montreal, people would look at the work at the same restaurant for like 10 years, 15 years. I move here and everyone's jumping all around. Your environment seems like a place where people will maybe settle in a little bit and kind of spend a little bit. I know you've only been four years. Yeah, no, but- it's, it, it, it's nice to, you know, have a team that turns into like a family that, you know, where people want to stick around. Definitely, definitely. Um, it, you know, and turnover sucks. I <laughs> it does. It does. Are you able to get good? Like, again, I go to Toronto much sometimes, and I'm, again, I might get attacked for this, but sometimes the serving staff in Calgary is not the best. They, there's a bit, there's still a little bit of that entitlement hangover from like five years ago. You go to Montreal, Toronto, they try a bit harder sometimes. They get a little bit of attitude sometimes, but it's different. The, the level of service is still very high, I find. Calgary still suffers from being, you know, smaller and also from mm. being in the middle of nowhere. You know, right. like we have, like you said, you know, we're the gateway to the mountains, but um, I'd say like the, the good talent wants to leave. Mm. You know, very few people, I, I, I think, do, um, I mean, for a long time, you know, people were coming here to work in oil and gas and, and yes. whatnot. Um, but Calgary is, is not a draw for people in uh, food and beverage. The professional service oriented individuals. No, you know, if, if anything, they leave to go work in, you know, New York and I had one guy leave to go to London and I have you know we have another one that's leaving soon to go to another country and just to pursue it's hard, it's hard actually yeah, right. especially the chefs especially the cooks um, I find the the talent pool here is small uh, they gen- they generally jump around from you know the half a dozen restaurants. Yeah, you could probably are, literally name the top ten fairly because they move yeah. from place to place, and you're oh, so and so is there now, and you. Yeah, do I don't want to piss that. anybody off. I won't mention like where the chefs are all going. Of course not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they still big. We're, we live in a big small town. Absolutely. Yeah, big. Oh my god. Yeah, the, <laughs> the biggest small town. Uh, I I say that over and over and over again for 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 sure, uh, which has got its pluses. Yeah, because the word gets around, but at the same time, you got to mind your p's and q's because that gets around too. Yeah city of a million people that feels like there's you know 5,000 people that's yes 100% every little community has its uh, so um, when I had I, you know you and I spoke you know Jeff Jameson Jeff's a great yep. guy, friend of mine we chatted about a little bit kind of the cocktail scene and where he saw things going for you guys do you see any trends in wine or anything that's just interesting or that makes that's that's makes you excited about the future of wine is it smaller batches coming in is it people being more open-minded well, what the, do you see going on the, the beauty of wine is that it changes every year um, mm. And there are trends for sure. I mean, there was that whole natural wine trend, which is still a trend. Uh, you know, the the orange wines, the funky wines. Um, you know, biodyna- biodynamics. Yes, that's a word I'm hearing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, for a long time, I'd say those wines didn't even exist in Calgary and are still hard to find. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, and like in Montreal, that was a huge thing. You know, ten years ago when it started, New York as well. And when we got here. Um, there was almost no agencies um, that were selling them. They weren't, so you, they weren't even bringing it in because there wasn't a demand. No. Um, and then you know, it but just, yet that was a trend ten years ago. That's interesting to hear. Yeah, 
Well, Calgary is 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 behind on on the times for certain things like you know um, the wine scene, and uh, it took you know people innovators. Um, you know, we were here to open. I'd, I'd say one of the first wine bars of our of our scale. Okay. And um, our friends uh, Eric Mercier and Mark Cuillard from Juice Imports were one of the first agencies to basically focus only on natural wines. Um, and with the help of uh, you know. Uh, Jesse Willis and Jeff Jamison from from yeah. Vine Arts, who like put a lot of those wines on their shelves, um, sort of, you know, started educating people on what you know biodynamics meant and what natural wine meant, and you know, like having no sulfur add and you know no junk added to your wine, and basically treating it like uh, like grape juice, fermented grape juice, and, and no, nothing nothing more, not not factory produced, not mass produced. Um, you know the wines are going to be different. Every sometimes every bottle is different. You don't want them to be faulty, um, right? But you have to but, be open to. Like, but they talk about the wines yeah. being alive and you know just being a little more lively. And um, I'd say they're they're polarizing, for sure. You know, and well, it takes a much more open-minded. Like yeah. I expected this. Yeah, but the experience is sometimes to be able to adapt to what you didn't expect. Exactly. But that's easy to say when we're sitting here, when you go to take that first, and you're like, oh, whoa, hey, what's going on here? Is this bad? Is this corked? Is this funky? What's happening? But it's a, it's a huge trend. I mean, you look at, look at health foods. Look at people that want to eat better and um, put better things in their systems. Um, and I think if you're health conscious, uh, you don't want to drink wine that's uh, full of preservatives. No, it just falls into the... Yeah, you're right. If you look how you treat all the rest of your food over here, why is wine any different? Why would wine be any different? Um, you know, same thing with beer and everything else. Um, so I think it's it's a trend that's not going to go away. Um, it's yeah, all, the argument is it's only going to increase. Yeah, is all natural wine, you know, uh, amazing? I think that, you know, the race to put to make natural wine put a lot of, I'd say, faulty wines on the shelves. And sometimes, you know, they're they're just... You yep. often see that in the first wave where the demand kind of outpaces the supply. So all of a sudden you get a lower quality supply to fill, yeah. fill the hole. Yeah, just they're be, not it all, just becomes a money game. It's like any other. It's like it's like anything else. The food, the food, the wines, you know, natural wines are not all of great quality. Right. Um, so you got to source the ones that are because... Yeah, just calling it natural doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> no. And, and also when you're educating people on it, you definitely don't want them to try like the worst example of it. No, you don't want your first experience to be a bad one because you want to create some, no. like, be open to new experiences. You know, because they always talk about those wines being a little funky and different, and, but you don't want them to be like, oh, this stinks, you know? <laughs> some people like that, but it's... Um, yeah, yeah. It's, old, it's been old, a, old tennis socks in a dirty barnyard. It's, it's, it's been a challenge because um, Calgary still has its old habits. And again, people want to drink, you know, Big Red Cab and um, eat their steak and... You know, and it's still a little bit of a steakhouse kind of town, but it's getting a lot better. Yeah, it, better. Better is my own personal filter on it. It's changing. Yeah, but we definitely, you know, we went from a period where I th I'd say nobody was asking for those wines or wanted to try them out to um, now everyone comes in and there's there's not a night that goes by where someone doesn't say like, "What do you have for orange wine open?" Well, you guys typically have something on the go all the yeah, time. Yeah, you have to because yes. again, there's it's, it's there. there it, if we, if you don't have it, then uh, you know you're you're just missing out on sales. People people want it right. now. And part of you guys, if you look at your your brand promise, your value proposition is you're going to come here for a different experience. You're going to get somewhere else. Yeah, we're going to be able to like 
curate this. Maybe it's the first time you tried it, but better to be in an environment where you can say, hey, compare these two. Try this. See what it's like. Yeah, exactly. And you go, you go away feeling like, yeah, I had a great wine, but you were part of the experience. And that goes, to me, that makes a huge difference Absolutely. from a night out. Yeah. You're not just going out for food. You're going out for an experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, there's, there is an interaction. Uh, I think that when you come to Vonderfels, like you interact with your server, um, whether it's myself or, you know, one of our servers. And um, that's part of the experience. You know, we're going to, walk you through like what we have open and you know our menu and what goes well together and uh because you guys have the time it's not an assembly line you know you, you, did, you did say you guys typically do a couple seatings a night yeah but when you're in there it doesn't feel like this like high energy let's go everyone's running around super fast no. they're slow they take time at the table they carry over the four bottles they set them down and say yeah. well here's this here's that flavor you know all of a sudden the wine ordering takes 15 minutes yeah but it, it's an adventure you don't want to take fun. too you don't want yeah, to take yeah, too for long. sure i don't want to pitch it that way but you know, to but, me uh, if you're going for an experience like yes you can go and eat yeah. but it's that engagement at that next level of like you're not just there to put food in your face kind of thing. You're there to have an experience. No. If you want that, you, that's Sundays at Vonderfels. Yes. That's, I'm pizza, come that's, down. P, that's pizza face. I like yeah. pizza face night. Do you, have your che- you had me at checkered tablecloths. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in and telling the story and congratulations on your success. Thank and, you very much. Uh, you know, in my heart, there's a warm place for Montrealers that come out here and Calgary is the land of opportunity and, you know, it I, is. I loved Montreal. I just didn't have the same level of opportunities there that I have here and you, you basically came for the same reason. Calgary still has opportunities. You know, um, despite what everyone was telling us at the beginning, like, oh, you're crazy for coming here during the downturn. No, we found an opportunity. It worked out. And a lot of our friends also in, in, in this business, also, uh, we've noticed, have done the same. So you just create the opportunity. The opportunities are here. I think Calgary has tons. It is a, there, there is an openness of like we can, there's enough success to go around, even in this kind of a little bit more of a scare. It's funny, we're in a downturn, but it's not a scarcity mindset. Back east, there's a little bit more of a scarcity, like, well, I, you know, I got to get mine so you can't get it, where there is a let's be successful together here thing in Calgary, not to be kumbaya, but it's a little bit, it's different. Yeah. It's not a little bit different, it's quite a bit different, actually. It's one of the last few places where I think you can still do things for the first time. Ah, that's a good. There's a quote of the day right there. Last yeah. few places you can do things for the first time. Yeah. Um, Bar Vonderfels. Check it out online. It's on the corner of First Street and 10th, just up by the Seashore Place. If you hit Koi, you've gone too far. If you hit 10th, exactly. you've gone too far the other way on the, on the west side. It's a fantastic road. Do you recommend reservations or do you recommend walking? We definitely rec- We actually um, pretty much only take reservations now. Okay, so you went from not taking any to not just taking yeah. any to, yeah, we just don't have room for walk-ins anymore. Um, and you said so you guys are on Resi, so I can, Resi. I can just yeah. go online and do it or I can give you a call, but on, easily I can just do it online. Yeah, Resi.com, and yeah, definitely recommended. And weekends now, almost two weeks ahead of time. All right, so get so if you hear if you hear this podcast, you get excited. Get do it today. Don't wait <laughs> to this wait. to the Saturday morning. Don't Say, hey, wait. where should we go to Bonnerfels tonight? No, two two Saturdays from now we get to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for your candor. Thanks and for again, me. congratulations again. Thank you. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the, the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day.